Listen, little beast. Judge me as you will, but first listen. I am your mother. I saw Nelson's pee-pee. Hit the theme music. Great beginning. Yeah, actually, she says pee-wee, not pee-pee. Pee-wee? Yep, Nelson's pee-wee. Oh, boy. Uh, welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gaunt Radio. Here, the conversation's always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on text. It's always on the fucking Strand 80. It's always on the Bible. It's always on It's always on the Bible, seriously. Everything's about the Bible, Daniel. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Ow. Oh, look out. <laughs> yep, I hit my equipment. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's what I call my iPad. Gabriel, who and yes, what are you? <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer. I'm a podcast producer. And I am a mixologist for all your party needs. Co-host, who are you? Pump the brakes for a second. That's the second time I've heard you readily call yourself mixologist. Because I'm not really a bartender anymore. I don't bar... I don't... So... Anyway. Well, yeah. But, I mean, you don't professionally mixology any right not now. Yet. Not yet. Not currently, but okay. Yeah. Eh. All right. I mean, just... I'm looking for new feathers I'm to just wondering. Uh, for... <laughs> The back history here is that Gabriel, a bartender, frequently hates the term mixologist. So. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you're a, if you're a working bartender, anyone who calls himself a mixologist is probably a pretentious piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, the prime example is that in series three or four of the British Bake Show, mm-hmm. um, the, one of the very first contestants knocked off that episode was like uh, a tall, lean white man with uh, like really uh, slick back hair. His sides of his head shaved. He was wearing like a bow tie. Had like a vest and I think like long sleeves and he had I think either a beard or a handlebar mustache. Something like that. I look at him and tattoos of course. I look at him and said that guy's a mixologist. Yeah probably probably call himself a mixologist. (laughs) And he got knocked up. Knocked up. Uh, up. (laughs) I am Daniel Gonzalez. Hello Daniel. uh, An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of books. Of notes. (laughs) Of notes. Of novels. I don't know. Sure. You're a writer. A writer of fiction. A writer of fiction. It's one of my that's that's well easily my favorite uh, uh december song huh uh yeah it's all right it's a deep cut okay um gabriel this is a show where we talk about books and i think we should roughly get right into it and um because technically this is part of one of our many sub-series going on yeah uh long defunct unfortunately i mean we couldn't uh, save it uh <laughs> yeah no we're, we're gonna do it yeah, sure we are. We're gonna do it. Sure we are. Uh, call the Strand Eighty or Stranded or Strand Stranded Stranded. Um, we're basically we're randomly picking or selecting um, uh, a book uh, from the we're every roughly every week, you know, which obviously we yeah. didn't stick with, but uh, we're roughly, getting through it. Roughly, roughly, uh, we yeah we select a new book from the Strand Eighty at random and we read that for the show. Um, it has been. Uh, sort of semi-successful. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, the Strand is one of the best bookstores in the world. It's in New yes. York City, um, right by the like right by Union Square, and they have a list of eighty must-read books ranked by their re- like readers and shoppers. The list itself has problems. Well, but... y- yeah. You know what? Uh, I-, I keep playing with the store. The store is great. It- it's a beautiful bookstore. It really is. It- it's fantastic. I love being in there. And only that. But if you look at its displays and everything, and it has an awesome sense of curation. Yeah. The problem for sure. is. You listeners who fucking voted in on this yeah, goddamn you bullshit fuckers. list. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe like the maybe okay, maybe it was like the voting apparatus's fault that uh, basically had multiple uh, spots for each individual Harry Potter book. Yeah. But Lord of the Rings 
one book, uh, C.S. Lewis books, one book. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, yeah. So it's, it's it, that's like a really dumb thing to do. It, it bothers me with every fiber of my being. Also, all you pretentious fucks love Anne Rand. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we haven't landed on her yet. Which is weird. And who knows? Let me tell you, thank God, whenever this list was put together, maybe 10 years ago, I'm guessing. Uh, maybe, some, well, I don't know. Something like that. Uh, thank God that uh, Gone with the Wind is as popular as it ever was back in the times of, uh, uh, what do you call it? The Great Deniers. Great <laughs> the, Deniers? The Lost Causers, I meant sure, to say. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't even like a, like, a, like a thing. I mean, Lost Causers, I mean, that's pretty much that speaks yeah. for its own. You know I mean? Still, Barnes and Nobles are still huge displays of Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Why is this? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, everyone, can we, can, we, can we tamp that down? Can we cancel that one? Can it be canceled, please? It's really, Gabriel, really upsetting to read. You love cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm all about. That's why they call me Cancel Jack. Yeah, every t- every time Gabriel, you'll see on, he's really active on a thing where the moment uh, 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 Kanye West went gospel, you're like, cancel Kanye. Canceled. Canceled. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So that's a long-winded way to saying that we have a book to talk about. We do. And this book we've been building up for a long ass time yeah how long well ever since the last episode right yeah this is probably like a couple this was like like a month and a half ago by well now. actually can you do me a favor um i'm gonna mm-hmm. read a little some information i looked up about the author of this book who uh barbara king solver sure barbara kingslayer uh who wrote the novel the poisonwood bible mm-hmm. um which we selected a while ago gabriel's looking that up in the meantime i'm gonna read some information i have for barbara king solver the last stranded book we did was August 12th. Ah, not long ago, not long enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, somebody rolled the Poison Bible. We did Franny and Zoe. So we spent a month and a half kind of... Uh, we did Little Women with Katie, but that, was, that, yeah, that wasn't necessarily a strand. That was something pit. that she selected. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it's been a month and a half that we've been fucking putting this shit off. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Gabriel, let mm-hmm. me tell you about Barbara Kingsolver. Please do. Because... um. You know, I, speaking for myself, I don't really know much about Barbara Kingsolver. Do you know I anything about I have never about... heard of this book before we landed on it when they're all that die. Oh, really? I've seen the name yeah. and I've, I've seen the book like somewhere, but I... I'm like, I never knew anything about it. Oh, it's it's this book and I'm forgetting it. It's not Name of the Wind. Not not that one, but it's like there's like a, a, a more literary or more generally regarded literature book called like like book of wind or something like that okay. these two i kind of i see everywhere like, and i know the name barbara kingsolver i the, peruse enough bookstores they're on they're on like the same like list and they're highly regarded i just basically knew nothing what they're about but in kingsolver i see the name all the time because you know she's very close to king stephen king and i worked at a bookstore at some point Sure. no like her most famous books according to thing are the bean trees pigs in heaven animal dreams homeland and other stories and prodigal summer well speaking of which okay um so real quick she it was born in 1955 in Annapolis, uh, Maryland. Mm-hmm. She grew up in rural Kentucky, received degrees from University of Arizona and DePaul University. Hey! She is also a poet and an essayist. Cool. Uh, she is a frequent award winner. Uh, namely, she won the... Uh, no, she's a Pulitzer and Penn Faulkner nominee. Okay. Much like, I believe, Oh, I don't think she won the Penn Faulkner one. Uh, you know, I don't think she did, actually. I don't, I don't think so, either. Um, but speaking of which, the, her first novel was The Bean Trees from 1988. Pay attention to these numbers. Mm. Uh, her, more, her most recent book was Unsheltered in 2018. Okay. Uh, and most known for The Poisonwood Bible from 1998. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of eights. Conspiracy theorists. Oh, I'm not paying attention to that part. Yeah, 1988, 1998, and 2018. 
Whoa, I know, eight on its side. It's an infinity. Clearly, that's the thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, like Joe, speaking of which, like Joe's Carol Oates, she was an editor for our Best American Short Stories. Uh, the Bean Trees was written while, while King Solver was pregnant and had insomnia. I see. Uh, the Poisonwood Bible, this book we're reading, was based on her family's trips to the Congo, but like it's not anything more than that, or the Wait, fact that so she her family went to the Congo. She went, yeah, her family went to the Congo, and like that's about like the similarities basically end there. Like, okay. She apparently she apparently writes from like actual things that she's experienced and whatnot. So mm. you know, that, that's a common theme running through her thing. Right, what you know. Uh, this book was also an Oprah Winfrey book club pick, which mm-hmm. is I think contributed to its massive success. Yeah, any, anything that Oprah's picked for a book club has become like a massive bestseller. I know. I mean, I wonder if like like Reese Witherspoon put this on there too. I know. Pro- probably she did. This, this yeah, is a frequent a lot of overlap. Um, she published only nine fiction books as of as of 2019, mm. uh, with the uh, gaps between publication increasing after 2000. She's probably waiting until 2028. Prodigal summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, with like right now, there's like a like nine year gaps in between novels that she puts out. So hmm. yeah, she's like all Cormac McCarthy right now. Sure. Uh, two of our nonfiction books are Holding the Line, Women in the Great Arizona Mine Strike of 1983. And which is, Listening to Toto. Which is basically uh, very, very evident what that's about. Mm-hmm. And one of her best-known books called Animal Vegetable Miracle. Uh, this is a chronicle of a trip she, her husband, and her daughter took to eating. Well, it's not really a trip. It's more just like like her, like her, basically her husband and at least one of her like elder daughters, her name is Camille, were basically spending like a year or so eating locally in a way to kind of like help like local communities and also eat healthy. Cool. Apparently, it was like very successful. And uh, Gabriel, I, I might have said maybe even back when we picked this book initially that I always uh, associated the name King Solver with food. Like I thought she was a Interesting. food writer, mm-hmm. and I think that's because of this book. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So just that one, huh? Yeah, just just that one. That's wow. it. No, no, yeah. yeah. I always I thought she. I my, my assumption was she told like like gripping dramas, or maybe she told like uh maybe the name King Solver implied something more like like period yeah. to me. So. King Solver sounds like like someone's pseudonym for like like a, a mystery writer, you know? Yeah, like yeah. are they short mysteries or she wrote like Sarah Waters books? A really shitty mystery because like that's a little too on the nose. Yeah, I mean like her name could be a detective like like protagonist. <laughs> Hello, I'm Barbara King Solver. Also too on the nose. You don't want to call a mystery person Solver. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. That, I don't that's know. crazy. Hello, I'm I'm Victor Villain. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> No, it can't be him. It must be this man, John Red Herring. <laughs> it was me after long. Villain. Villain. Much like John Claude Van Damme in the second Expendables movie. Or like in Killing Eve. Killing Eve? Mm-hmm. Someone's name, the bad person's name is Villain. Villanelle. Ugh. But I believe it's intentional. I have not seen it. I, yeah, I suppose it's good. Whatever. I don't give a shit. Uh, so anyway, she established the Bellwether Prize for Fiction in 1998, the same year that Poison Bible came out, which celebrates an author's... That celebrates an author's for, uh, unpublished first novel of, of the year. Cool. Uh, this award is now called the Penn Bellwether Prize for Socially Engaged Fiction. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that's been fairly successful as well. In the late 90s, she was one of the founders of the Rock Bottom Remainders, hey. a rock band composed of writers including Amy Tan, Matt Groening, and Stevie King. Matt Groening was on Matt there. Groening was in the Rock Bottom Remainders. I did not know that. Uh, Killing Solver played keyboards but is no longer active in the band. That's too bad. I know, that's unfortunate. Here's something interesting. Uh, she was criticized because, again, uh, she achieved massive success and celebrity in 1998 with this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was criticized as a traitor for an L.A. Times piece she wrote in the aftermath of 9-11. Oh, dear. The exact quote is this. I feel like I'm standing on a playground where the little boys are all screaming at each other. He started it and throwing rocks that keep 
uh, taking out another eye, another tooth. I keep looking around for somebody's mother to come on the scene saying, boys, boys, who started it? Wait, who started it cannot possibly be the issue here. People are getting hurt. Following this controversy, I'm sorry, that's the, the quote ended. Sure. Uh, but basically following the controversy, like her reputation since like recovered and, you know, she writes about the experience. But you can imagine saying something like that in like post 9-11 fever. And everyone like fucking going nuts. People are just like, but yeah, like, not nah, my flag, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, remember Freedom Fries? Remember that was a thing? That was a thing. Um, that, that, that happened? Yeah. My my uh my context for 9/11 right now has to do with that Greg Grandin book, which is which has some pretty serious things to say about the American culture it. and 9/11 and whatnot. What's that book called again, Daniel? Uh, the end of the myth. Mm. Mm, it's a good one. Check it out, guys. It's it's fascinating. Uh, just a couple more things to say. Oh, where does she currently reside, Daniel? She currently resides in that place I just said. In Kentucky still? Uh, in the Congo? No, I forgot exactly where she currently resides. But oh, okay. she is she is essentially she's a southern woman. Uh, and she likes that southern. She likes the south or the Georgia. southwest. Um, I said so in yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, just a couple more things. She never wanted to be famous, but in her words, uh, the universe rewarded rewarded me with what I dreaded most. Mm, uh, and this is like Kurt Cobain. Exactly, suicide. Yes. Uh, from what? No, no King Sauer's fine. Uh, from her website. Uh, from her website, here's a really interesting quote from her: "Literature is one of the few kinds of writing in the world that does not tell you what to buy, want, see." or believe hmm. it's more like conversation raising new questions and moving you to an answer and moving you to answer them for yourself i don't know she must not have read a robert kiyosaki book <laughs> hey man i mean yeah same thing uh but her brave uh, autobiography is actually available on her website which is just called uh barbara king solver revealed which i don't say i found at the end of doing the research which she actually wrote like a very small like autobiography so cool but she apparently hates doing that and she apparently created a website just to uh, stop like the quote unquote fake websites that were pretending to be here. Sure. Which is a thing. All the if, people. If my name, if I had her name and I was writing an autobiography, I'd call it Solving the King. Solving the King? Mm hmm. King Solver Solver. <laughs> do you think, do you think she's sick of those fucking puns? Oh God, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Anytime, like any name, any pun you can think of for anyone's name, they've heard it a million times. Yeah. It's okay, bro. Mm hmm. That's it. Yes, Dan the man. So we have this thing to talk about. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> so we have this thing to talk about. Yeah. Called the Poisonwood Bible. And uh -huh. <gasps> yeah, that's it. Here heavy it is. One. Uh, you had the misfortune of having to buy the hardcover. I bought the last yeah, paperback. Yeah, you know, much more difficult to hold. Um, yeah, a lot of her uh, novels are pretty long. Like, all of her books are basically above, like, 120K words. That's a lot of words. So, like, yeah, they're not short books. No, they're not brisk reads. Uh, I mean, they're very captivating reads. They're well, this one anyway so far. Speaking of which, yeah, very very captivating uh, 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 read. Gabriel, uh -huh. so uh, I talked for a while about Barbara Kingsolver. I want you to talk for a while oh, no. about this goddamn book called Poisonwood fucking Bible. But I'm shy. No, you're not. But half of me is lame and I don't really talk except you... for in anagrams and palindromes. Yeah, there you go. Palindromes. Palindromes. <laughs> is that our next like some supernatural adventure hero? That's a new band. Palindromes. Um, I, I think I want to make a um, a feminist in support of Planned Parenthood punk rock band and call it Enthusiastic Consent. Uh -huh. Anyway, so um, Daniel, for the spawn purposes of this episode, you and I only read up to part three. We're going to be wrapping up all our conversation on this whole book soon, possibly before the end of the month, that's for sure. But here's a general kind of um, wrap up for those of you who don't know what this book is. Uh -huh. Poinswood Bible is about the Price family. They are a family consisting of Nathan Price, the reverend, and he's the father of the family, or Liana Price, the mother and wife, and their four daughters. There is Rachel, who is um, the 
the eldest. She's yeah. kind of you know. She's oh, the, this place is 1959, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. She she's the eldest. She's like kind of like like she's the, a teenage she's, girl. She's a teenage girl who absolutely like kind of ha- has that definitely like yeah that, the that eye person. rolling in the 1950s no less. And she's focused on like beauty, including like thinking just like like oh I need to get back to my li- my teen girl life exactly. Yeah. And then there are the twins. There is um Leah who is kind of the kind of the suck up to dad she's the she's the uh, no, no. i was a gonna say bit. she's the joe <laughs> yeah uh like maybe kind of a uh, little bit i don't she, know she's uh i want to say there's something a little more tomboyish about her than the other Possibly. ones I, I don't know she's also very much yeah she's a suck up to her dad she loves her dad mm-hmm. um and also she's like she's very outspoken as well yeah um there's ada who is her twin sister mm. who was born of a birth defect where she has um, like a bad leg and she's drooping her mouth yeah uh, but she is highly intelligent and barely speaks apparently yeah go ahead and look that she has a kind of she has a kind of odd quality to her one of those kind of people that have a very rich interior life and have a, an oddness to her but she's very smart mm-hmm. um and then lastly there's ruthie may the five-year-old little girl who's kind of like you know like a five-year-old girl she's slightly rambunctious she wants to explore the world anyway yeah. the price family go on a mission trip to the belgian congo in africa where they are there to be missionaries to educate the savages yeah i just want to say real quick uh yeah, Ada was born with hemoplegia. Oh, okay. Which is basically, as she, this is the actual line when she actually uh, identifies it. Officially, my condition is called hemo, hemoplegia. Uh, hemi, or hemi, hemi, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is half hemisphere, hemmed in, hemlock, hem, and haw. Plegia is a cessation of motion. Basically, it's saying that, like, whatever her condition is, she describes that her brain like came out like shriveled and dried or, or like half of her brain i mean mm-hmm. so like yeah it like half of her brain or half of her body is essentially paralyzed and like yeah she limps and i want to say like she has like a small arm or something like that um, maybe, um, maybe i'm just making that up maybe um but yeah, yeah yeah she has a she has a lame leg okay and the family goes on this mission this missionary trip to the belgian congo where um there are many parallels to be drawn to the bible mm-hmm. um nathan is one of those domineering men who like a lot of the book is just kind of a, a fascinating look of it's all told from the point of view of the daughters and orleana nathan has so far has not had any chapters and it's about the perspective of the invaders in a way in real life, mm-hmm. whereas they're completely in over their head in the Congo in the village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't expect Nathan to get a to get a chapter. Yeah, I, mean, I, I highly I, doubt he's gonna get. Yeah, ju- just the fact that again, like it clearly is like our protagonists are the mother and the daughters. Yes, yeah, who are basically forced to stay in the Congo because of their zealot like father. Yeah, and so far, uh. uh uh, the mother Orleana, dickhead zealot father. The Orleana is only narrates the like each individual quote unquote part or book, um, uh, begins with like a little prologue that's from her perspective and the book yeah, looking back back in Georgia. Yeah, and the book basically begins the book uh, the, the this little prologue we have with the mother gives us a lot of like the kind of like dramatic tension and whatnot with mm. um saying that like like she's seems haunted she's describing herself in the third person before she says yeah. yes that's me at least one of the children die at least one of the children are dead and we don't know who mm-hmm. um and yeah and she's also she's basically talking to like almost asking for forgiveness to this dead girl perhaps that mm-hmm. i think she kind of refers that she's speaking to the dead girl mm. perhaps um it's kind of vague but like you can tell yeah it, it, 
the mother is talking about like secrets and whatnot. Yes. Which is kind of alarming because then we jump to like the little girls and like they're very young. Uh, Ruth May is only like five or something like five, that. Five, yeah. Yeah. Like, where the other one I think are teenagers, but like they're extremely young. So it's just yeah. like it's a completely different tone shift. Yeah, I think yeah, Ruth May I think is five. I think Ada and Leah are like 12. And I think um, uh, uh, Rachel is, I think, like 16. I want to say like 15, 17, something yeah, in there. Yeah, something in that range. Okay. I, I, I couldn't tell how long, how old uh, Leah or Ada are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, and also, I have to say, King Solver, mm-hmm. huge Faulkner fan. <laughs> uh, I believe that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. This, uh, this is definitely along that kind of uh, kind of thing. Like sweeping epic biblical tones. Biblical tones. Uh, switching Famil- Familial drama. Switching narrators and whatnot. Um, a story about kind of like the Southern royalty and Southern like family and whatnot. Like who are who clearly have nobility and are thrust in situations where like they don't like belong or like their nobility is kind of like mm-hmm. you know kind of shows itself to be like a sham it is but yeah Gabriel it's it's a, it's um, self assured for no reason yeah exactly mm-hmm. you, you get like characters like it's on false legs you get, you get characters you get bits like like when Nathan is like super bummed at the uh, when he what he tries to um, baptize people in the river yes but nobody wants to go in the river we don't find out why until later yeah like but... they they clearly came in without with no knowledge at all language mm-hmm. and only like you know it's that it's the white imperialist notion of, but even if they're there to be to save them quote unquote mm-hmm. they're walking in being like they know everything and then like their crops are ruined and no one will listen to them yeah and yeah it, it's like I, I love this kind of story i'm fascinated by it it's uh, i'm very much enjoying it gabriel mm-hmm. how far did you get into the book <laughs> um let's see so i only finished the first two books i'm uh part way through the judges which is book three slash part three yeah uh, I'm roughly about yeah. the same thing. I think I'm a little farther ahead, but honestly, so. I tried to figure out where I was yeah. when I like the other day, and I couldn't find it. Sure. So I was like, "Yeah, we'll just yeah. do the first." By two. this point, by the end of book two, um, mm-hmm. the other missionaries who are like in another town in in Congo, they are like they're urging the prices to leave because there is um, a revolution going on yeah. in Congo. Um, uh, the Congo is trying to separate from Belgium, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they're like, no, guys, seriously, you should leave. Orleana's at her breaking point, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Nathan is just like, no, I mean, like, I don't care. I am definitely staying. My family is staying. We will, we will civilize this country. Yeah. Um, he's basically like, like, just completely ignored everything in yeah. favor of God. And he's doing that. And uh, as as I know from one of my favorite uh, movies from the past several years, a little movie called Silence. Shusako Endo. Is that you have a lot of like Jesuits and whatnot with, yeah. with that uh, that kind of culture of saying it's like, I'm here to save people. And when the world is against you, you just you plant your feet down harder. Yeah. You know, and Nathan is clearly in this. And yeah, there's a, there are a lot of great parallels to a Silence, the excellent Scorsese film. Yeah. And uh, and like I was saying before, with like uh, Nathan's bummed out, no one wants to be baptized. Meanwhile, he's ignoring the fact that like his wife actually like start like started cooking, and people were like coming and enjoying them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because none of that matters because no one showed up for the baptism, even though apparently no one wants to get baptized in the river because a crocodile fucking killed a child. Yeah, killed a little water. girl with the last missionary. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, so that's good, Gabriel. Yeah. What does is, what is the title refer to? Do you know? Uh, do you have any guess at all what that could possibly Well, mean? there is a poisonwood tree there that they are not supposed to touch. That there is a specific poisonwood plant that they are for, obviously, for obvious reasons, you're not supposed to touch because it's fucking poisonous. Yeah. So my guess is it's the idea of, um, like, their Nathan's rigid belief in the righteousness of Christ and calling everyone else, like, 
beasts and heathens mm. who only believe in false gods and like that poisonous belief that's going to destroy his whole family. Yeah, probably. That's we, my guess. We figured it out. We did it, everyone. Yeah, I know. Um, Suck it, Oprah. Yeah, another really nice thing is that early on is that that's very telling. Is that as you said, Sorry, it, this this is very uh, this is very reminiscent of just like like imperialism and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you have this scene early like on. Shocking arrogance. The 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 locals in the Congo in the village that they're staying were actually like overjoyed to see them. They were enthusiastic. They were like, "Yay, we're getting another priest." And like the father comes in and he just starts like give, doing his like like you know th fire and brimstone kind of thing, mm -hmm. and just starts calling out women who are like going out bare breasted, saying it like basically saying it's like look at this, this is ungodly or whatever, and is sermonizing, and like so people went from joy to kind of being like oh fuck oh jeez right. everyone's just kind of like looks like scatters there were yeah there were more just like yeah yeah so. It's fun times. Can yeah. You... No, this, um, well, Daniel, let me ask you, how are you liking it so far? I'm liking it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I like it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really dig this. Um, I remember early on, it was one of those things where like I couldn't wait to get to the Ada chapters because it's like, oh, I bet she's going to be like the really interesting one. Yeah. And she didn't disappoint. Yeah, totally. Like, I love, you know, I love bizarre wordplay, playing mm -hmm. of etymology, that kind of thing. Yeah. Ada, of course, being the, the silent one who like is accused of hating other people. Mm -hmm. I like Ruth uh, in her blunt five-year-old kind of way. Ruthie just. Uh, just kind of, what would you say she's like oh when she when she was born weird or something like that uh, -huh. <laughs> uh but no and then like when we go to her she each of the girls have a, kind of a different perspective on like what they're doing there what their yeah. father is doing different voice different worldview captured incredibly well by king solver yeah we're um uh initially you have rachel who is kind of like indifferent to like her father's cause mm -hmm. like she's a little more selfish and whatnot she wants to be she wants to be a young woman in america yeah she doesn't want to be in the congo leah who believes in her father's cause yeah she's the one of all the daughters who actually believes in like god and the word and the fear and everything yeah but that might just be a masked thing of wanting approval of her father it could be it could be that and we could also see the fact that like her her wanting to basically like like get her father's approval what appease the father appease the father and also kind of like her personal like intelligence and emotions kind of conflicting with that already yeah uh and then yeah and then ruth is five um yep. <laughs> uh and then ada is the one the silent one who like truly is looking at things objectively yeah there's a wonderful passage in this when she uh when she reveals when she doesn't um she realized she doesn't believe in god it's, mm. when, it's one of those great like sunday school moments where yeah. <laughs> like a, like a, a young teacher or maybe not young a teacher in sunday school is like because this children is born in Africa and not in America he's going to hell and Ada quite reasonably asks well isn't that unfair why was it a luck of the draw why why are they going to hell and these people here are going to heaven because they didn't have anything to do with it and she gets punished for it yeah. like you know it's like I think I've gone to this in past episodes I had a very religious upbringing so for me this this recalls a lot of that like that comical anger you have at the bizarre hypocrisy of like religion or at least growing up Catholic anyway yeah what about you, Daniel? What do you mean, my religion? Yeah. No. <clears throat> I, I think Did you I, lose your religion? I think I grew up uh, Lutheran or something like that. But mm. basically, uh, I, I hit like that Martin Luther guy. I hit that moment between parents divorcing when all of a sudden my dad, who always used to make us go to for, for Sunday school and then church, that once uh, he was no longer around, we were just like, oh, we don't have to go anymore. Hey. And we we're just like, cool. <laughs> I never went again. That's good, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's that. Mm -hmm. um, this yeah. is a very complicated read. I'm really, I am enjoying it a lot. Like there were multiple points where it's, you know, every now and again you'll read something and you're like, "Fuck, this is so big and so well done that I like despair for my own future." Yeah. For me, 
reading this as much as I'm enjoying this as well. And we, you can listeners out there can tell considering the fact that we we had like a month full of short story reading, mm-hmm. and I got a lot of reading done for that month. Yeah, like I was reading so many books, and I was still putting off uh, Poisonwood Bible until like a week before. Yeah, it's not because we didn't like it; it's just that it's huge. It's it's huge, and uh, and it is very it's not very an long. Easy it, read either. It's yeah. I mean, like it, well, I, it's it's different from like reading something like, for example, like a long Faulkner book because Faulkner is also is usually is very challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's you have to like kind of work to get what the story's getting at, or even like the voice that it's in. Uh huh. Um, this is this is more straightforward. Straightforward. It's somewhere between like Faulkner and like Steinbeck. You sure. know. Um, but but yeah, it's just it's very long. It's long. It's and it's kind of I don't know. Maybe it's my kind of reaction of working with deadlines, where like mm-hmm. it's like I look at all the work I need to do, and as much as I'm actively yeah, enjoying it, and then like and then I still I hardly get any of uh, hardly get through. Like I yeah. feel like I've only actually read this like several days of the past week and everything like that because yeah, you're, like you're chipping away slowly because I'm chipping away slowly. Yeah. So uh, that's just a peek into kind of my reaction to slow yeah. reading and also reading longer books like this. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, uh, my my suggestion is that we will finish this at the end of the month so we have more time to get through it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm fine with that. We're either going to finish it for week three or four. I mean, yeah. it, we'll talk about it later. But So next week is going to be like a short story. We can we can keep reading Poisonwood Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then we fucking do whatever. Yeah, in well, fact, we'll, my, my, I'll we, have my birthday pick. Yeah, we have a... Speaking of which, uh, how about this? Let's go on break real quick because okay. I, I think we can save that for the end when we start talking about like the future for the month, mm-hmm. which can be something that we can do a little more. Like I like this pre-planning thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's it, Gabriel. I think we should go to break. Okay. When we come back, I believe you have... Have a game for us. I have a game. Okay. An old favorite. Gabriel? Uh-huh. Throw us to prayer. Okie chokey. Welcome back. Dear listener readers. Hi, everyone. To Slover here. To Rose Leaders. America's Fast Pace Literature Podcast. Here, it's a show where we talk about barks. We talk about brooding. Talk about brooding. We talk about brooding? Yeah. It's said bars and brooding. Bars and brooding. Mm-hmm. Where the brews brew, the brewery. Yep. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. We. Ha- I'm very excited for this because mm-hmm. I believe we have a little game to play. Yeah, we have a game. It's a returning <laughs> game. It was one I thought we had a lot of fun with last time. Um, I remembered the name for it or else I came up with the name for it. It's a little game I like to call Rattle and Honey. Hey. What's going to happen, Daniels? I'm going to read you either some lyrics or some poetry, Ooh. and you're going to tell me, is it the work of Canadian Indian Alma poet, Instagram poet, Rupi Carr, <laughs> or is it the writings of legendary rock and roll frontman slash big old pooper Bono, <laughs> Paul Hewson, lead singer of U2? I do want to say that for all you out there who are getting uh, insulted by our kind of uh, perspective on Ru- what was, what's the name again? Rupi Carr. Rupi Carr. Um, I do want to say that calling uh, her her or is it a hem? Her. Her, her, right? She's actually very attractive. Yeah. All right. Um, but uh, but uh, as much as uh, as insulting as it is to call her an Instagram uh, uh, writer, well, that's uh, literally what she did. I, I do want to say that is that is my thing. So I will come at you, bastards. <laughs> well, no, very very literally. She started publishing on Tumblr mm-hmm. and then she started publishing on Instagram. Oh, cool. Her poems were initially released on Instagram with drawings and then they became a book so when I looked at her book and I said this isn't poetry these are words on a page mm-hmm. that is and bec- it, like and I said like these are these are perfect poems to Instagram that's yeah. because apparently she is an Instagram poet yes 
That is not a that is not a dig. That is what she is. Okay. Now you know what? Calling her an Instagram poet apparently uh, isn't an insult. So we will from now on constantly identify her as Instagram poet. Like yeah. much as you like. Or if uh, you want to find a bigger insult, it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. She's only twenty seven, by the way. She was born in Punjab, India, and oh, she's that old already. I thought she was younger. Yeah. No. Uh, the way born she Born in ninety two. I, yeah. I thought she's still a teenager writing in her yes. fucking binder. And as for the whole <laughs> Bono thing, we Daniel and I have a affection for you two yeah. and a certain kind of disdain for Bono. Well, yeah, I don't know about disdain. Like, yeah, no, he's a he's a character. He's a he's like the biggest rock star in the world, so he has that personality of being yeah. a. But he's a bit like Tom Cruise, you know. Sure, yeah, no, that's a very good comparison. Where it's like it's like I love he, Tom Cruise. He's weird, but it's like it's like yeah. I appreciate but I, his work when yeah. when he's when he's firing in all cylinders. He's crushing it. Oh my god! Well, like, oddly enough, I like Tom Cruise a lot more than Bono. Yeah, me Tom too. Cruise makes the Mission Impossible movies. Like it's you so two, good. I don't, I don't, yeah, you know, really, I, I like don't know you two all that much. But anyway, anyway, Daniel. Okay, so I only have I. I believe seven of these and yeah you're gonna tell me your car or bono you ready to play yes and here's some music yes your first one yes what terrifies me most is how we foam at the mouth with envy when others succeed but sigh in relief when they are failing a struggle to celebrate each other is what's proven most difficult in being human daniel is that Rupi Carr or is that Paul Hewson? That's Carr. That's Carr? I'm gonna guess Carr. Hey! Correct, Daniel. That is one of Rupi Carr's poems. You know how I can tell? How can you tell? Because it's some because it's some bullshit you can put on a fucking t-shirt at H&M. <laughs> Alright. Um, accurate. Yeah. Okay. Your next one, Daniel. Be humble or get humbled. Yeah, Jesus. Like, that's a real one, isn't it? That's a real one. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Okay. You're on the road. But you've got no destination. You're in the mud, in the maze of her imagination. You love this town, even if it doesn't ring true. You've been all over, and it's been all over you. Bono or Rupi Carr? I guess that's Bono. Yes, Bono? It's Bono. Okay. That's a beautiful day. Yeah, here we go. Hold on, here's the actual line. Okay, that's you know what the, Bono. There's good something, job, Daniel. That, that song came out in like 2000 and whatnot, and I remember that was on the that was on like there was like a small wave of very positive like alt rock kind of music that came out at the time. Yeah, it was it was 9/11. Remember um, they needed it. This was before 9/11 though. I mean, there was like well, this song became like like a like a anthem after 9-11 you two became the the biggest 9-11 band uh, <laughs> like who, who am I, what's that what's that thing from uh from detective stories who benefits most yeah. you two benefited the most from 9-11 dun, dun, dun. who benefits yeah all right Dark. that's sad <laughs> i that brand new song like don't give up you got a reason to live that's a really charming oh, song i actually like that song a lot i think it's stupid but okay that's let's fair. move on <laughs> daniel you're two for two okay you're crushing this one all right how many questions are there um seven seven okay yeah here we go ready all right you treat them as if they have a heart like yours but not everyone can be as soft and tender as you you don't see the person they are you see the person they have the potential to be. You give and give till they have taken everything out of you and leave you empty. Rupi Carr, Obano. 
You know, that's actually a close one. I, I couldn't tell. It had a little more rhythm than that previous car one. Uh-huh. I, I want to say it's car, but it had too much rhythm, so I want to say it's Bono. Daniel wants to say it's is Bono? Uh, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to guess... You want to say it's Rupert Car? I want to say it's Bono. I'm going to say it's Car. It's Car? I'm going to guess Car. Okay. Yeah, I'm really not sure. Hey! Correct, Daniel. You're three for three. Yoo-hoo! That was... Okay, that was a shot in the dark. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> the message was all Car, but the rhythm, I would say, would be more songwriter. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't really change the... Like, what's it called? The meter of any of these at all, either. Okay. All right. Abstract. Next one! Yeah. You're about your flick. Three for three. When the world comes crashing at your feet... It's okay to let others help pick up the pieces. If we're present to take part in your happiness, when your circumstances are great, we are more than capable of sharing your pain. Bono? Rupi car. Right, that's car. That's car? <laughs> that's car. <laughs> yeah, too good at it. All right. Uh, okay, all right. Okay, you only yeah, have three left. Okay, yeah, 100%. All right. You're batting a thousand, Daniel. Let, let's, well see, let's see if I can do it. Three more. Okay, three more. Let's see if okay. you can pull this off. <laughs> You don't know how you got here. You just know you want out. Believing in yourself almost as much as you doubt. You're a big smash. You are like a rash star. <laughs> wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Read, read those last two lines again. Okay, hold on. You're a big smash. You are like a rash star. Yeah. All right, that's Bono or Rupi That's Bono. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, what is Bono. that? What, what is that? That's Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me from the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Oh, I, Batman Forever soundtrack, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't familiar with that one, even though I remember I remember being a kid and being super into uh, the you know Bat, Batman and Robin mm -hmm. album. Uh, the one with the Smashing Pumpkin songs. Yes. I think very... I think Smashing Wait. Pumpkin. No, I think um, I think Hold Me, Kill Me, Kiss Me, Throw Me is off forever. Forever. Okay, and that makes Smashing sense. Smashing Pumpkins is off. Um, and Robin. Ba Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, which oddly enough has a very good Smashing Pumpkin song out there between the beginning is the end of this beginning mm -hmm. and also the end of this beginning is the end, which infamously played uh, over the trailer to the original Watchmen trailer. Oh yeah. Um, not to not to get too far ahead to like some kind of fun announcements we're gonna have at the end, but <laughs> I'm sorry, Gabriel. Uh, uh, what is that? Five? That's so five. So two, two more, more to go. Okay, okay. Let's see if I can predict these fuckers. All right. Ready? Yeah. I do not want to have you to fill the empty parts of me. I want to be full on my own. I want to be so complete. I could light a whole city, and then I want to have you, because the two of us combined could set it on fire. All right. Well, that's that's car. Car never rhymes, right? And and car ba sometimes rhymes. Bono will always rhyme. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be that's a huge show. Does it for you? So this is this is car. I'm going to say. Okay. All right. That is car. 
Hey. Good job, Daniel. And your last one. Because cars cars are essentially sentences and that yeah. are that are spaced apart and then on a page, on a blank page. Like right. that that's that's what they are. All right, I got to find more rhymey ones or if you're going to do this one next time. Yeah, maybe I'll try. And I tell you what, or next time do RH Sin and like another singer who does like non-rhyming things. Yeah. Another <laughs> it'll, singer we don't like. Let's say let's say like songwriter. Not necessarily someone we don't like, but someone who's on the same part. Who's worth worth mockery. It's like RH Sign and and sign and and Michael Stipe. <laughs> sure, okay, that'd be fun. I don't know. I like I like Stipe and. Okay, I don't know if I ever Your final one, Daniel. Let's okay. see if you can pull okay. it off. Yeah, okay, let's see. Final one. The stone was semi-precious. We were barely conscious. Two souls, too cool to be in the realm of certainty, even on our wedding day. Even on our wedding. We set ourselves day. on fire. We set oh ourselves God, on fire. Oh God, do not deny her. It's I not if I believe in love, but if love believe in me. My favorite U2 song by far. Daniel, name that song. Moment of Surrender. Off No Line on the Horizon. Daniel, I believe this is the first time one of us has won a game. Complete sweep. Completely? Okay. Well done, Yay. Daniel. Yay, me. Here's the audience. Made it too easy, but we had a good time. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. And we made fun of uh, what, what's her nuts? Ruby Car. <laughs> Ruby Car. And a little bit of Bono. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on. Help me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. Yep. Uh, I always thought that was a stupid name it's for a song. It's a truly terrible title for a song. Hold me, throw me, kiss, kiss me, me, kill me. Kill me. And ladies but and gentlemen, Batman. that's how we play the game. Rattle and Man, honey. honey. Thanks for playing, contestant. Uh, thank you. Thank you for making the game. This was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's let's go to break. And when we come back, we have some final thoughts to fucking talk about. Okay. And then we're going to talk about what's going on next. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll roll too. All hey. right. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers. I'm still Gabe. Two celebrities. America's you're still Daniel. Okay, you're still Gabe. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast about books. This is books. a show about books. This is a podcast about books. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. This is the time in the show where we do a little thing called final thoughts sure gabriel final thoughts because clearly we're never gonna do this book again. no i'm kidding we're gonna uh, cover, we'll do it again in like a week or two yeah uh, not a week or two two or three weeks yeah um and we'll 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 uh, definitely like like fucking put our feet on it yeah we'll put, put your weight on it put your weight on it yeah everyone go see that movie don't mind us my name was don't mind us my name and also go see the disco godfather which is apparently the movie where that he was really pushing that as a catchphrase like he shouts that so many times cool if you can imagine okay listen we're talking about rudy raymore mm -hmm. the, in, uh, the infamous uh, comedian from the 70s yeah 70s 80s dolomite um dolomite uh in the new movie dolomite is my name uh with eddie murphy which is on netflix watch it it's a lot of fun. But he did a movie called Disco Godfather, where he's essentially playing that character as a disco guy. Cool. So if you can imagine this, like, older man in, like, those ridiculous, embarrassing disco outfits. Yeah. Just, like, when he's, like, doing a DJ thing, he's just going, put your weight on it! Put your weight on it! Constantly d d dancing people. I mean, it's that, it's that good, guys. <laughs> sure. <All right. laughs> so... Let's just talk about this is talk about the 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 sure. videography of Rudy Maymore. Mm -hmm. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so Gabriel, yes. Final thoughts on the Poisonwood Bible. I mean, like, as you said, I don't really, I don't really have final thoughts. We're we're still getting deep into it. It'll be done um, next time when we come back to it. Um, I'm very in. This is incredibly well written. The characters are the well drawn. The voices are great, and it it like sparks your like anger depending on what a character does. Um, I I like all these characters, and I'm very excited to keep on reading it. 
Yeah. Daniel, your temporary final thoughts. Temporary final thoughts. If I wanted to you say one thing negative about it. Uh-oh. It is one. Daniel, bring in the pain. Another classic American uh, literature that is about uh, religious stuff. Um, but, I mean, that's just whatever. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, once you realize it's going to be heavily about, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? What's the word I'm thinking about? The religious people who go across to other countries to convert Missionaries? Them. Missionaries, thank you. That was the phrase I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, like, missionary st- like missionary stuff, like, I'm always a bit like, okay, whatever. The, the only, because the, the only thing that I would really say, because, and yeah, and it's from a modern perspective of whatnot, where basically missionaries are kind of used as being like, oh, you know, that was horribly misguided. Yeah. Um, and damaging. Um, and, but at this point, it almost, it, it, it is a very nuanced and complicated uh, concept. And also in terms of like kind of viewing that people who had all these best intentions were, were doing only damage. Sure. But it threatens to kind of become unnuanced just because it's like, well, yeah, missionaries are bad. Like all these Christians who would go to like, you know, what we call third world countries and like kind of like make them Christians. Like, uh-huh. yeah, that's not, that's not. It feels a bit of a dead horse. It, it feels a bit. That said, this is probably the book about this. It's like, yeah. it's like this in silence, you know? Yeah. No, <laughs> like, and like it, I find that like the depictions of the people and the characters to be some of like, the best I've read of this kind of story. Yeah. yeah besides totally. silence, which I haven't read. I only see the movie. Yeah, it's very. Uh, I've read a little bit. It's what do you call it? An epistolat- epistolatory novel? No, an epistolary novel is about writing letters. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, they're, they're not writing anything. He's just narrating. In the in the book, uh, silence. Oh, yeah, silence. Sorry. I'm no, just no, no, this no. one. I'm like, no, no, I mean, in, in silence. Yeah. Oh, cool. I yeah. know that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's also very short. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it from my mom for her birthday. But that said, loving the shit out of this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I. I'm curious how this continues because I do know that this is a story where these characters uh, age and like yeah. they get older and whatnot. So I, I'm curious exactly how yeah. it's going to go. I like that kind of progression so, into it. Supposedly they're only going to be in the Congo for a year. So yeah, but you mean like it? Like yeah, there is that thing that um that old Nathan's like we're staying here as long as God wills it. Yeah, something like that. That sounds Nathan. Ooh. Nathan. All right. Well, you white man. Gabriel. Uh-huh. Should we do hazy memories? No, we'll save okay. it for next we'll time. We'll save it for the when we conclude it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Shawnee B. Horny from the Whip Around Podcast. Yeah. You don't get your due this time, you devil. Not this time, you motherfucker. You rascal. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Gabriel, let's move on. We're, we actually, we always do this, even though we haven't yet completed our, our current selection in this stranded podcast. Uh-huh. We're going to take this moment. I'm going to take out the list of 80, 81 books from yes. the Strand 80 list. You're going to take out your 81-sided die. I am. Technically, it's 80, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 80-sided die. And we're going to pick our next last book from the Strand no, we're 80. we're doing every single one of them. Gabriel, mm-hmm. I have the list open. Are you ready to roll? I am. And remember, um, uh, we have granted ourselves two re-rolls. Mm-hmm. And we also, if we really hate the one we land on, we can check an alternate Strand 80 list on Goodreads if you see we'd rather do that one. Oh, yeah. I should open that. One second. Okay. No, no. Let's go ahead. All I, right. I want to attempt fate. Ready? Gabriel, Here we go. 15. 15? Well, Gabriel, I tell you what. The 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 only bad news is that we're continuing our uh, streak of only hitting really long novels. Oh, no. Gabriel, well, y- you turn that frown upside down because our next book is Anna Karenina. Oh, that's great news. Yeah, again, it's another very good book that's very long. It's very long. Ooh. We're giving our first Russian. Yay. That might require two months. 
The ne- the other the two following books after this are Better Karamazov and Crime and Punishment. Oof. Dale, do you want to give it a re-roll just in case? Nope. Okay. I mean, that's fine. We're doing Anna Karenina. That's Sounds good to I'm me. Fine with that. I, it's gr- it's a fantastic read that yeah. I constantly reference. And I'm, I, I have always been very much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But again, another really long novel yeah. <laughs> for the fucking Strain 80. Hey, we can, let's, let's read an abridged version. Tolstoy, right? Of course. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. Little This will be my first Tolstoy novel. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's it called? We did Evan Ilyich for the show. I don't remember that one anymore. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a long That was like over a hundred episodes ago. Yeah, it really was. So Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so next week. Yes. What are we doing? We're gonna do a short story. Yes. What are we doing? I don't know. I think it's my pick this time, isn't it? It is your pick. Gosh, I had a whole idea of short story picks to pick. Um, so how about this? Uh, well, we're going to figure out what it's going to be, what's coming for this month, and I'll make an Instagram post about it. I'll make a little pretty picture being like, here's this month's lineup. Check it out. Yeah, okay. And because I'm, I'm the third week of the month, um, it's my birthday week. We're going to do my Put birthday Put your weight pick. on it. Put your weight on it. Okay. We're going to finally do Anne of Green Gables. We'll be at Lucy Maud Montgomery on week three mm-hmm. and week four. Finish Points with Bible. All right. Anne of Green Gables is also not not short. No, but I do have the <laughs> outstanding audiobook that you'll just really enjoy. All right. Who reads it? Who read it again? Um, Rachel McAdams. Okay, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. I've listened to it over like three times already. Yeah, okay. I'll read the book. It's not that long. I'll read the book. All right. Jesus. Sure. Man. Just listen to the audiobook. Rachel McAdams is it. All right. Do I play Dark Souls? Yeah. Okay. The audiobook. Sure. I'll yeah. see how much it is. I'll just use my audiobook out. Why would I? Okay. I mean, so they'll save 15 bucks. Yeah, okay, okay, sure. Okay. Not fine. Yeah, that's whatever. Fine. That's cool. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Whatever, dude. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's the end of the show forever. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, so... We're driving off a cliff. Thumb well, and Louise style. Keep, uh, keep in mind for that uh, what we're going to do next week. Uh, we'll continue discussion of the Poison with Bible for now. Gabriel, yeah. one more thing to do. It's a little thing called plug. Gabriel, what can people find you? Do you have anything going on? Um, God, I've got nothing going on. My life's fucking misery. Mm. Um, some follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read like reading a book. Book. Um, check out Self Evident Asian America Stories. It is a narrative documentary podcast about Asian American heritage. Um, I produced episode three. I'm also the subject of it. The talk we were supposed to have. It was featured on the AV Club. So please give that a listen if you haven't done it already. Um, Daniel, you? Yeah. Uh, well, I have my usual spiel, but also I'm sorry. I just realized this right now. Um, well, we have something we haven't announced on Slow Readers just mm-hmm. yet. Is that currently, right now, if you go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, it's called now. Yeah. Um, and actually search for a little show called Watchmen on the Clock. Uh huh. And that there are three episodes, and and it is a show. I hear it is an after show uh, podcast. It's a Talking Dead. It's a Talking Dead in a mm-hmm. way. Um, for the new HBO show Watchmen, yes. based on the uh, classic 1986 or so uh, graphic novel by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, uh, which is a famous piece of literature. Let's book yeah. people, come on! Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, it might be uh, hosted and created by three bunch of dorks, three dorks, including one Katie Kometz, mm-hmm. who I hear is going by the name. Whoops, who I hear is going by the name uh, Katie uh, uh, Catastrophe. What the fuck is it? Katie Zeitgeist. Katie Zeitgeist. Master of Catastrophe. I remember that. Lady of the Metropolitan. There you go, and uh, and a little uh, and some fucking asshole named Gabe Mara. That's me, and some other cool dude named Dan Gonzalez. Yeah, Dan <laughs> so, Gonzalez. Dan Gonzalez. I don't know. That's weird. Um, so yeah, it is weird. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's a long way to basically say that. Yeah, we're we have another Top Gun radio show. I'm assuming it's a limited show. Yeah, we have a, we have a new miniseries going on. We're recapping every episode of the Watchmen show on HBO with KDK joining us of our youthful energy and lack of any knowledge of Watchmen. Yes, and uh, the, uh, the one of the high notes of this. Well, not, not high 
notes. One of the main themes of this is that each of us has kind of like a different understanding and familiarity with the Watchmen mythos and the source material and whatnot. So yeah, like Gabriel's the expert. I'm like, uh, Gabriel's the expert. Uh, Katie is the one who's like a complete beginner. She didn't even know there was an original comic, let alone a 2009 movie adaptation of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one who's like in the middle where it's like, I've read the graphic novel, but like 10 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a great time. Um, check us out. Watchmen on the clock. Watchmen on the clock. Available right now on Apple Podcasts. Will be available on Stitcher and the other things. Very Spotify. Soon. Spotify. That's what's called. Uh, besides that, you can look. You can look at information on my fiction at topcountradio.com forward slash press. Cool. Uh, they are available in ebook everywhere. A Cook in the Kingdom and cool. The Shadow from the Deep and the physical books are available on Amazon only and also on Instagram at Slow Readers and Twitter at Top Count Fucking Radio. Yay! Literally, it is that. It is at Top Count Fucking Radio. Sure. It's not Top Count Radio. Um, but yeah, that's 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 that. That's the end of the show. And uh, and yeah, thank God we're done with Stranded. <laughs> yeah, no, too bad. We're, we're doing done, the whole thing. We're done with Stranded. Whole thing. Stranded your Bookstore, you're fantastic. Too bad your fucking customers are a piece of shit. <laughs> Coming soon, Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina. And then some. All right. All right. See y'all next week. Yeah, bye. Fucking keep it in your pants. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>